Hey, how, how's everyone doing? This is Oscar from the Dreams and Trash podcast. Once again, thank you for all the views we got last week. Things are going really, really well. We're glad that we're, you're enjoying our content. I've seen some comments up there. I've gotten some interesting DMs on Instagram. Thank you so much for everything. And Jason, take it away. Yeah, thanks so much for the support so far, guys. And uh, we're going to keep on creating content for everyone. And hopefully, we're just going to keep getting better and better at this. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, enjoy the episode. Okay. So, Jason, how have you been doing? How are things? Hello, Oscar. Hey, hey, Jason. I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I am doing all right. It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. Uh, I came back from Osaka. I'm back in Saga, back in the countryside. Mm-hmm. But I'm only here for another three weeks. Then I go back to Osaka for good. Oh, so wait. You, mm-hmm. you, you're going to be the one packing everything? Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. So what happens is you call the moving company, they come and give you a quota, they look at all the things you have in your house, and then they send you the boxes to pack everything yourself, then they come and collect everything on a specified date. So all you need is, like, see, so they give you the boxes, so all yeah, you need yeah. is tape. That's it. Yeah, that's what, yeah. They also give you tape, actually. They also give you tape. So you're just packing, that's it. And yeah, then they come get it and it's like... They'll pack yeah, everything. Yeah. The mattresses, the futons, everything. Uh, the, no, the, the mattresses and like couch and fridge, they'll come and take... like They'll disassemble the bed themselves. So I can't do that. So you know my bed is pretty big. So they, they, yeah. the moving guys will disassemble the bed themselves. Yeah. I think you have a king-size bed. Uh, Not king-size, I think it's, it's a double. It's just a double, I think. It's just a double? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And mm-hmm. where are you moving in Osaka, by the way? Uh, I'm going to be living in the city, right? In the smack dab in the center of the city. Which area? Osaka's a uh, big place. Uh, just, I'm going to say Chuoku. That just means like central Osaka. Central Osaka. Ah, okay, okay, okay. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's good enough. Well, as for me, life has been going on as normal. I can't wait until the Christmas holiday comes around. Oh yeah, by the way, do you, so uh, with Pet, we usually get like two weeks off in December, right? With our company. Yes, we do. And so I, well, from what I was told on my end is that my last day of working will be on the 17th of December. Do you know when yours will be? I think it's on the 18th or 19th. 18th, okay, okay. Yeah. So that means you're, te- you're teaching Christmas lessons. Yes. Because the Christmas lessons start on the 16th, I believe, or 17th, I'm not sure. Yes, I I have Christmas lessons scheduled for one of my schools. Only one okay. of my schools, not all of them. Okay, okay. okay yeah. Okay. Okay, okay. I see, I see. And well, you know, I'm just looking forward for the two weeks, man. Actually, yeah. I might need to cash in on my vacation days. If mm-hmm. I, yeah, I want to cash in on my vacation days. I should do it now so that my supervisor isn't too stressed out. And I come yeah. to him last minute, you know. And so, what do you want to do with your vacation days? Are you trying to travel around Japan? Or yeah, you... there was a there was a friend who wanted to go to Kumamoto mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Yufu, mm-hmm. and he also wanted to do some hiking and climb a mountain. So that was what we were talking about. Do you know which mountain? No, there's a lots of mountains. Apparently, we haven't decided yet. But then oh, it's like mean, within Oita or Kumamoto. Kumamoto, like the the area between. 
there's like lots of mountains okay, okay. between Komomoto and Oita. So it was just like, hey, we should just do the research, you know, decide which mountain. We can decide mm. where we're staying. Uh, Yufu has a really good Olsen that, uh, is that Olsen? It's more of like a whole, like, it, it has a really good vacation experience. Yeah, that's what I hear. And I, people do a lot of snowboarding and skiing, skiing in Oita as well, right? Yes, 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 yes. Between Newfoundland and Oita, there's this very famous mountain that apparently has lots of snow. Oh, and I keep hearing cool. about it. I was telling was I not telling you about it last year? Mm. Yes, you did. I thought you were going to go, but you didn't go. Ah, yeah, because all the hotels were booked. <laughs> uh, okay. I couldn't find, a, like, a reasonable place at the last minute. Oh, okay, okay. okay, okay. And I was just like okay this is becoming a little bit stressful you know and mm-hmm. i'm just like let's just plan it out properly next year you know okay makes sense, makes sense. and um actually my original plan was that we could have gone to fukuoka mm-hmm. and spent uh new year's there but then my oh, friend okay. was like he did that last year and he did not mm-hmm. like it at all he said it was Why? pretty boring then i got oh, my really? friend yeah oh your friend is japanese or no, he's American. He's American. Oh, but he's been here for a while, right? No, he's been here for around a little bit longer than me, but like, yeah, almost two years. Not that okay, long. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and wait, what's your plan? Uh, so I'll be. Uh, so I go back to Osaka on the 18th. And just, man, being a father, because you make, uh, my wife doesn't stop, doesn't stop working until I believe the 24th of December. So Yumiko is working. Yeah, she's working right now as we speak. Yeah. Cause last time I, you said she was in training, right? Yeah, she, yeah. So her training ended last week on Friday, and now she started official work on Monday of this week. And she's programming. Uh, kind of, kind of. I'm actually, I'm not really sure what she does. Something like <laughs> that's all I know. I'm not really sure. <laughs> man, I don't understand those things, man. <laughs> you don't want to ask. I, I I mean, I, I asked, but the explanation she gave me was so cryptic. I was like, okay, that's good enough. Whatever you said is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like you didn't give a fuck at the moment. It's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> she gave you like a basic answer and you're like, okay, whatever. That works for me. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. Obviously, yeah, you know, my, my, my field being IT, I, I would love mm-hmm. to know what she does. I'm just yeah, curious. So... <laughs> You know, I'm just, I'm glad she has a job. I'm glad she does enjoy her job. That's good enough for me. Whatever she does at her job is not not as important as her enjoying what she does, you know? So does she enjoy the job? That's the next question, actually. Yeah, so far, so far, so good. She told me, so she was in, Oso, sorry, Tokyo for training. And I assumed because she was in training alone, you know, she was far away from me and, and Raha, our daughter. I thought it was going to be really miserable, but she told me she enjoyed the training. And this week, the only challenge has been like dropping Raha at school and picking her up after school because she, she finishes work a bit late. So that's the only challenge she's going through this week. But she says, she says the job is pretty, pretty, pretty simple, pretty tame. She's enjoying the, the little challenges she's getting daily. So I guess she's happy. She likes the job. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, so you guys aren't using the car to pick up Raha, obviously, right? No, no, the car is here in Saga. Actually, we are planning on selling the car. Because moving in Osaka, we don't need to have a car, you know? You just need the train? Like, the, using the train is very convenient, right? It makes more sense. The train is very convenient, and having a bike is also is, is even more convenient in Osaka. Ah, okay, okay, okay. 
All right, that yeah. sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, so wait, actually having a car, if I remember correctly, having a car in Tokyo, I was talking about it back in the day. I was like, having a car would actually be a disadvantage. Like it would be annoying and stressful rather than... Yeah. Actually, owning a car in a city is very expensive. So where I live right now in Saga, right? So in Japan, if you live, wherever you live, you have to you have to pay for parking, right? What do you mean you have to pay for parking? Okay, so you have to pay for parking when you're in the city. That makes sense. No, 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 no. Even even if you live in an apartment complex, you have to pay for the parking space that the the real estate agent gives you, right? It's not free. That's insane. So it it makes sense when you apply the context, obviously, of like, you know, the idea of space in cities in Japan is Mm -hmm. like very, it's a very precious resource, right? So they're trying to... um, maximize on every little mm. like inch that they have each building has mm. and it's mm. like hey mm. if you're putting your car in our space man you gotta pay up right yeah yeah but even here in saga so the thing is like out in the country in saga for instance it's very cheap to park your car so right now for our parking space here we pay three thousand yen so that's around thirty dollars that's and so crazy though i didn't expect yeah. it to be that expensive wait you pay three thousand how much like uh a month per month ah per month okay per month is yeah. okay 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 yeah and and so in osaka city for the same parking space we would pay thirty thousand, so 300 dollars per month for parking okay now that's the part Thirty thousand. what okay okay, okay. Yes. can you imagine knowing where we're coming from dude can you imagine doing something like that in kenya where yeah, people can just park where like okay for people who don't know People in Kenya park almost wherever the hell they want, you know. No, it's crazy. Out, out, especially outside of like the main roads in the city, it's yeah. it's a free for all. No, no, no one cares. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you can imagine the situations and problems that arise from yeah. having no one really like oversee that. So, and that's yeah, why so it's yeah, it's crazy to I'm, hear that. And on top of that, so in Japan, I don't know about other countries, but I know in Kenya this this doesn't happen. At least the last time I was there, it wasn't happening. That so in Japan, you have to pay for for car tax. If you have a car, you have to pay tax for owning a car. That is also really really weird, man. Like yeah, and like the tax, the amount you're paying depends on the the size of the engine of your car. So. The idea here is, is like you, you tax things in, in an ideal society, right? You tax things to disincentivize disincentivize people from mm. specific behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. For example, if you don't want people to smoke, for example, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. put taxes on tobacco imports or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or put mm-hmm. taxes on um, cigarette prog- products or tobacco products. And suddenly you'll see that people are p- paying less mm. or buying mm. those products less, right? Because mm. no one wants to, no one, no one likes taxes. That's that's mm. that's just a fact, right? So when they put a tax on cars, mm-hmm. they're telling me the message I can read from that is that they're saying the Japanese government is like, hey, use other forms of transport, you know? Yeah, and like. Going back to the idea of a city in Japan, at least in the cities, it does make sense because you have the subway system, you have efficient buses. But now in the countryside, like in Saga, for instance, in my train station, there's literally one train after every 30 minutes. 
So you need a car here. You need a car here. And the the, the buses are not efficient here. You know, there are very few buses. And everything is so far away from everything else. Yeah, it's less dense. Yeah. I was going to say that. There's less density. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you take like a small, I don't know, corner in Osaka compared to a corner in Saga. In Osaka, there's mm-hmm. like, you can find 10 shops in like a corner, yeah, like, right? Like, this, like, you've come to Saga and we've gone from my long three-hour walk, right? It's... And... It's like yeah. the out. It reminds me of the outskirts of Nairobi, actually. Yeah. So, like walking in Saga for three hours, your view barely changes. The view doesn't change, right? Three hours of walking, and you're still seeing the same thing, right? But in Osaka, I'd walk for ten minutes, and I'd see so many different things. Yep, Osaka, man. Osaka, especially even like Osaka and Tokyo. Man, they they squeeze so much. Exactly. They squeeze exactly. so much in such tiny spaces, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. It's actually really crazy. Mm-mm-mm. So definitely no car, no car in, in Osaka. I'm planning to sell it or even just give it away before I leave. But I guess we should also touch on the whole. You said depending on the engine too, right? So I'm yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that's also like a green incentive. They're trying to be more, more green and environmental friendly. I, I don't know if that's the reason. I, actually, I don't know if that's the reason because so in Japan we have there's something called K cars, like Mika, my Daihatsu Tanto. That a K car is a car whose engine capacity is 660 cc's. So that's a very small engine, very not no power at all in that engine. It's basically a car for just going shopping, you know. It's not a car you travel with. Is it electric? It's not electric, right? No, it's not electric. It's just no, it's fuel, man. It's gas. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> she sounded a bit offended yeah. when I asked that. No, no, I know. No, it's just like you know, it's 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 a simple car, you know. Uh huh. It's, it's a small. You've you've been in my car. It's a small, simple. It's car. a family car. It's a small it's a family, family car. Yeah, it's yeah. Small, but it's it's not a car you you drive for three hours, you know. I think it's crazy that you have to pay tax on all cars, though. Yeah. I think that's very wow. That's definitely very unique. Mm-mm-mm. But I have to ask, Oscar, how are you? How are you doing? Moving away from the cars. Man, like, here's the thing. Like, I, I'm always going back to that topic of loneliness, man. And I swear to you, like, just as soon as I got back home on Sunday nights, the feeling came back whereby, again, I'm alone. Of course, not for a long time. It's just three weeks, but still. There is that banging, that banging in my mind, like I'm alone in this apartment. I'm alone in this apartment. I mean, maybe I'm just, I'm just not the kind of person who can deal with being alone, you know? Have you maybe drank some... or smoked since you came? I mean I, I mean, I smoke cigarettes. I haven't drunk since I came, though. Just smoking cigarettes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's it. But I mean, my, my schedule, okay, so... Since I came back, I haven't been very organized, but as of last night, I did, I chose to change that. You know, like I, I sent you the, the screenshots. Last night, I got home and I was like, I was thinking, I'm just going to watch something and sleep. Since we were supposed to record last night, but you were like, you can't do it because you're talking to your family, right? Yeah, yeah. I was actually waiting yeah. for you, but then when it reached like 11.30, I was tired. And yeah, then my yeah, mom called. I, I reached like, home yeah. at 11.30 as well. So when I saw your message, I was like, okay, let me watch something and sleep. But then I thought like, hey, I haven't gone running in a while. It's been two weeks since I went running. 
I was like, let me. So the initially I was like, okay, let me just go and run like 3k. I showed 3k and come back. At least I've done something. But when I started running, I was like, hmm, let me not do 3k. Let me let me like take a detour that will force me to do a 10k. You know. So I took a detour, knowing full well taking that detour means I can't stop running until I get back home. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up doing a 10k. Of course, it was a slow 10k, but still, I felt good after that. Got back home, uh, cleaned the house a bit. Organized some clothes that were like scattered in my bedroom, and I slept. So, yesterday was I think a step in the right direction. Let me say that. It definitely sounds like a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, for me, like today was the first day in a while that I woke up early again and mm-hmm. worked worked out mm-hmm. for the longest mm-hmm. time, like the past like I think month at least. Mm-hmm. I've been missing out workouts. And mm-hmm. I have been mm-hmm. waking up late, mm-hmm. which is what I was trying to fix. I was trying to fix a routine and say like, hey, I wake up every day at like seven or eight, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it was working for a while and it felt really, really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, stuff in Pepe happens and then stuff in your mm-hmm. own life. And then you're like, fuck mm-hmm. it, I'm going to go drink. And before you know it, mm-hmm. you've messed up your whatever semblance of a routine you had is just like gone. And then I stopped no, working like, out too. So then I started losing momentum there. And it was just like, oh, that's know, that's the whole like, two steps forward, one step back thing, you know? Like I told you last week, like I went, I did over two weeks with no, no drinking, right? Yeah. And I realized like whatever negative energy you have in you is only exacerbated by alcohol, right? Like if you if you have a bad day at work, and you drink because you want to get rid of the negative sensations or the negative emotions you're having, you'll feel good for an hour, two hours. But once you wake up the next morning, whatever little emotional disturbance you had the previous night is heightened tenfold when you wake up the next morning. Yes, Because of the is. hangover, right? Or be- just because of the, the alcohol in your system, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. 100%. But then, like, me going two weeks without touching alcohol, the negativity I felt was just, like, it was a very it was like a small whisper in the wind you know it, i could barely hear it it was there it was, it was still there but it was i couldn't focus on it the way i did before when i was drinking constantly but also you've you've removed the before you when you were drinking you were alone so that's mm, that's the mm. difference yes yes those yes. are two different situations it's oscar yes, with his family yeah. versus oscar oscar drinking with his family and oscar drinking when he's alone those instances surely will create different outcomes, right? Yeah, but also, hmm. When okay, so when I was in Osaka, I didn't drink. I just didn't drink, mm-hmm. not with my family, not with anyone. I didn't drink, right? Right. Uh, so Amy, maybe, and also it was easy for me to do that because I was solely responsible for her. You know, it was no one else was taking care of her. It was just me. I had to feed her, bath her, take her to school, pick her from school. You know, like you know, prepare her food, everything, right? Right. So I knew I had no chance to drink. And even if I had the opportunity, I couldn't drink. Because what what if I drink at night and she wakes up crying and I'm kind of like, I'm too groggy to, to feed her in the middle of the night because I'm drunk, you know? I was like, okay, I can't drink. I just can't drink. So we can say that the importance of taking Graha took precedence over drinking. You need yes, to drink. Yes, yes, yes. yes. For sure, for sure. 
for sure. It was it was very easy. I didn't even have to think about it. It was it was easy. It was easy. I knew what I had to do. I knew well, what I had so it to wasn't do even a choice, it. is what you're saying. Too. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even a choice. It wasn't. I didn't even think about it. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, Oscar, you're growing, huh? Okay. Okay. I like that. Mm. I like that. Could see uh, yeah. becoming a uh, father. All right. <laughs> I still remember when you were just uh, a mm. boy, a boy in the softball field in USIU. <laughs> <laughs> man, USIU softball. I miss those days, man. Talking about how you're going to like bang this chick, bang that chick. Oh man, trying to be a little player, player. little player. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be a player, man. I was a simple guy. No, you were you weren't trying to be a player. You are just a monster, you know. I wasn't a monster. I was a simple. You player. were a monster. What are you talking about? Just softball, <laughs> and, you know, keeping my GPA high. You know, I was a good boy. I was a good boy. <laughs> good boy. Oh god. All right. You know what? That's actually what I wanted to talk about. We could talk about USIU. You know, a little bit. <clears throat> Again, in the last episode, we mentioned this, but like USIU is the United States International University, which is based in mm-hmm. Nairobi. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most prestigious, prestigious, yeah, prestigious universities in East Africa, maybe in the whole mm-hmm. of Africa, actually. It's somewhere maybe, up there. Maybe. Yeah, maybe in yeah. the whole of Africa. I'm not too sure about that. Maybe. I just know it's, it's a pretty popular East African university. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that I know for a fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went there at the age of what, sixteen? Sixteen, yeah. Wait, why did you join at six when you were sixteen? By the way, I forgot. Uh, why? Because so what happened is when I when I finished high school, I actually didn't want to go to university. I didn't want to go to university. So my mother was she was like Oscar, you must go, you must go. So my father, my father wanted me to study law, right? So he gave me the admission, the application doc- documents for one university called Nazarene University. And I was supposed to apply to that school and go and study law. But my cousin, who was a, a former student of USIU, told me that if I go to USIU and I keep get a high GPA, I can go to Japan. So I went and <laughs> I, so I told my father, I liked my father. I told my father, yes, I applied for law in Nazarene University, but they didn't accept me. However, what happened is I just took those application papers, tore them up and threw them away and applied for USIU. So from the longest time before, Japan was always in your aim. It was what your focus was. Yeah, because like, so I discovered anime when I was around maybe 13 or 14, right? And I always had this image of my head of going to live in Japan to see what that culture is all about. Who are these people who came up with anime? And it was so mysterious back then, right? Even when we were in USA, yeah. it was like a mysterious thing, going to Japan, exactly, you know, exactly. having Nakamura. Nakamura was our teacher, Japanese teacher, and he yeah, was, yeah. yeah, native Japanese. So having him there telling us, oh, you know, Japan has all these good stuff going for it and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, but it's you now like looking back, it's like, okay, Japan is so great. Why are you in Kenya? <laughs> you know, we never asked him that, but he, he, never, he never really lied about it too right he would squeeze in a few stories here and there that would yeah. kind of explain his perspective he's mm-hmm. like in kenya specifically i think it's when we took the trip and we came back he was just like i live in kenya because i think the people are better and stuff like that he, he told me straight up you know he says mm-hmm. he likes a social element he finds kenyan people warm 
he likes mm-hmm. he likes how warm they are and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i think it's maybe we never asked the question the right question yeah yeah we never did we, we were kids man when we first met nakamura we were 16 right or 16 or 17 no actually i think i met nakamura right? like a year in. i might have been 17 or 18 yes same yeah same with me because that's yeah probably probably so we, we probably i saw him friends. but i never like talked to him like yeah, one, same with yeah, me. I, yeah. I saw I, I even had his name right but i didn't ever want to look to check him out who's this guy who's the japanese guy in the school yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so we were kids we knew nothing we just we we're just interested in like you know japan and <laughs> japanese girls and anime you know <laughs> you know it's funny you were right it was such a simpler time back then you know man it was so simple everything was so straightforward we didn't have to think about anything you know what there were schedules in front of us we knew where to where to go and eat so we knew what time to have our classes we had money that we needed for the week to survive everything was right there we didn't have to think about anything hey 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 hey, hey. and i was like hey there were times i was just a complete degenerate <laughs> all, all of us all of us all of us all of us okay so you know what's really funny you have the mm-hmm. story about you almost becoming a lawyer there's definitely a parallel universe in which you became a lawyer. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. There's also a story I have where it's like Japanese wasn't my first choice when it came to languages mm-hmm. that you have to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So in USIU, you have to take one language course, right? Mm-hmm. And so actually it's two, right? It's two language courses. You have to yeah, take like the basic and advanced. Basic yeah, and yeah. like intermediate, something like that, right? Intermediate, yeah. yeah. And... My first choice was actually Spanish. Mm, mm, mm. But now, Spanish is the most popular language in USIU. Oh, so, so no, there was no space available. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? I did it because one of my friends said, hey, man, my class has all of the hot chicks, you know? If, you, if you're yeah. applying now, you can still get in. And I applied late. Me being a lazy person, I was. Yeah. Even till now. But point is, I, I was lazy and I applied late. And... Mm. I had to look and all that was left was French, mm-hmm. Mandarin, and uh, Japanese. And I was just like, I've done French for 13 years. There's no way I'm doing that. That's out of the question. <laughs> so now it's Japanese and Mandarin. And then I was just like, yeah. you know, Mandarin, I, I, I considered it for a second. But then it was just mm-hmm. like, I thought of Naruto, Bleach, uh, Dragon Ball. And I was just like, ah, you know what? It's fine. We Japanese, Japanese. Let's go Japanese all the way. Mm. so there's a world in which i didn't take japanese and if i didn't take japanese oscar i wouldn't have met you i wouldn't even i probably wouldn't even be in the japanese club i wouldn't have met all of you guys you know yeah man such simple times man jesus you know it's i'm just i I think it's crazy there's a world in which like literally means just taking not taking that one course japanese as a language course would have just completely changed my entire like friend circles and the like trajectory i had in the next like two years at the very least my friend mm-hmm. circles would have been different i never would have met you it would have been so insane just one course one course through that one course i met like again there was a japanese club and then the japanese club had like alumni people who had already taken the japanese language courses and they knew nakamura yeah. so like everyone knew each other so just by taking the japanese course i opened that door for me to meet all these other kinds of people you know and lots of these people like i considered like really good friends you know people who i, enjo- I really enjoyed working I met, and uh I met being my around first, with. my first girlfriend through 
links through the Japanese alumni, right? So even you, right? So imagine yeah, if you yeah, ended up yeah. becoming a lawyer. Yeah, imagine. It, yeah. It would have just been so different, right? Those application papers, you know. I'm glad I burned those application papers, you know, I threw them away. <laughs> or for you, maybe something like not taking a Japanese language too. You would have ended up in No, like... no, no, no. Uh-huh. Like, I'm telling the reason I went to USIU was specifically to come to Japan. I knew that. So <laughs> going to USIU, there was no way I was not going to take Japanese. I, I must have taken Japanese. That was not an option for me. Like, let me tell like, here's the thing with me, right? I think I've told you this story before, whereby my only purpose of going to, to not to USIU, to university, was so that I could be able to come to Japan. That was my only purpose. I think you're amazing to have such a focus at that age and to like... And it, it, was, it wasn't a, a focus, it was almost an obsession because I knew what I had to do. I knew I had to maintain a high GPA. Right. I knew I had to be active in the social, USIU social circles, right? So that means, number one, I maintained my GPA of almost 4.0 for two years straight. I was the chairman of the Japanese club. I was the captain of the softball team. I was organizing events for Japanese club. I was doing all these things because I knew, I knew what I have to do. It was that simple for me. And I was and just, I, I was just I riding Japan, the wave, you know, in the background. Yeah. And for me, once I got into Japan, I stopped caring about school completely. I totally stopped caring. Like I've made it. Now I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> and I swear, I swear, like, if you look at my grades for the university I was in, in, in Japan, they, so there were two semesters, right? In my first semesters, I got B's and C's, right? All right. In my last, sem- in my second semester, it was all F's, all F's. Ah, oh, that's where the drinking came. No, no, it wasn't drinking. Just, I mean, I was in Japan. I don't care about it school anymore. I don't care about school anymore. I'm here. Jesus, that, like I, you I just that little like, that little taste, like, and you are just like fuck it. I don't care anymore. Like, I'm done. Exactly. I'm done. You know, like the way the way someone says, okay, so. The problem with rich people is that when they make money, they never get satisfied with how much money they have. I'll probably be different. I'll say, okay, I want $10 billion. Then I, I'm done now. I don't give a fuck anymore. That was me. That was me when I was in Japan. As soon as I got here, I stopped caring. Like, I'm done. I've made it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> oh, dude, that sounds wonderful. I actually, I remember that time because I envied you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to come to Japan too. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. was like second year, third year. But mm-hmm. I realized I don't have a GPA to do it. I had a 2. Point, what? 2.7? 2. Mm-hmm. 2.6? Around there. Yeah. It's like, I need at least a 3, right? And it's like, um, am, I, am I going 2. to 2. like... 2. Yeah, it was it was 3 or 3.2, something like that. No, I think mm-hmm. it, it, it says 3.2. But the person I was talking to was telling me, hey, I can make it work. At, at, you have to at least have a 3, you know? Uh-huh. Before we can even have this conversation. And I was like, okay, no, I can, I can make this. I was doing the math. Maybe if I take an extra year, then I was just realizing, mm-hmm. am I going to actually take an extra year? So I do, instead of a four-year course, I'll have a five-year course just to go to Japan. And in mm-hmm. Japan, like, those, those credits, will they be transfer, transferable? I don't know. Like, there was all these things. And I was just like, is it really going to be worth it? You know? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, why don't I just take the, the culture trip, which is what we had in our Japanese minor, and then, you know, if I still want to go, I can decide after, right? And actually, it was in that culture trip, right? Which was, again, that was in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine I'm still talking to one of those girls uh, till today? She uh, uh. she literally, the minute I updated my profile picture on Facebook, 
she messaged mm-hmm. me and she was just like it's Ashwini and she was like <laughs> and she was asking me if, if uh, how how have I been she thought I had died and stuff like that in a joking manner obviously because we used to like make a lot of jokes about each other and mm-hmm. I was just like oh this is a person who actually I enjoyed talking with back in the day mm-hmm. you know and again this, that person is the person I met the first time I came to Japan so so anyway point is when I first came to Japan that's when I decided this place is where I have to come again mm. like this this place is the end game in my mind this, <laughs> that's what I was thinking I was just like let me just finish what I have in Kenya and stuff like that mm. but mm. here Japan this is the goal this is this is where it's all going to be this is where it's going to all end right here right here you know and uh, when I went back to USIU so partly because of Japan mm-hmm. and raising my GPA but mm-hmm. also because I started taking more opportunities in front of me i went to a place called ihub right and let me tell oh, you yeah. i told you yeah. right i have yeah i have completely changed who i was as a person at the time awesome. going to ihub right and just like mm-hmm. i i started becoming more self-aware maybe it's because mm-hmm. of the age thing i was like 20 or 21 right no 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 20 is when i finished university so i was like 19 around mm-hmm. 19 or 20 right Mm-hmm. And being in that environment, mm-hmm. so it's a co-working. So IHUB is a co-working space and it's an incubator. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of startups who have these insane ideas, right? Like there was one idea of a guy who wanted to, who wanted to. So you have these companies that are like cashing off of your medical data and selling it mm-hmm. off to pharmaceutical companies. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. why don't you give us the medical data? We will bind it to a cryptocurrency and then we will sell that cryptocurrency to the pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that. And you will make royalties based on your medical data whenever it's used in research. Ideas like that. And the age of 20, and I'm just like, I am a joker. Look at these people. These people and these people aren't that old. These are like 26 year olds, 27 year olds who are having ideas like this, you know, mm-hmm. on an average table because it's a co-working space. I would sit down. Like, mm-hmm. let's say I'm trying to do some design work because that's when I started designing, right? Mm-hmm. I was sitting next to a lawyer, mm-hmm. a data scientist was in front of me, mm-hmm. and I have a DevOps, a front-end developer on mm-hmm. the other side of the corner. And they're all talking about politics. And again, it, just being in an environment like that, just showing how tiny my world was, and I was just like, hey, my <laughs> time in here, it's like you. Just, like, that, yeah. that's what happens, right, in... I mean, that's what we lack in Japan, right? Going back to the idea of starting like a foreigners organization. Because the thing is, like, whatever ideas you and I might have in Japan right now is only a consequence of the people who have been able to interact with, right? Yep. But Japan being as lonely as it is, it's very hard for you to interact with people who can help you develop ideas that can help you in the future. I think it's 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 because we have that it's like you're at zero right mm-hmm. when you're at zero it's hard zero is a very hard place to be because you have nothing like absolutely nothing i'll like an analogy is like if you have absolutely nothing in a society no, like you're completely it, poor yeah. right i mean going back to the bible and those who have nothing more will be taken from them yes 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 yes, yes. so this zero thing like in a society would be like you don't have a house uh-huh. you don't even have clothes uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If you don't even have clothes, Oscar, who wants to talk to you? 
No one. If you can't even take a shower, who who will actually approach you? No one. No one. So you're like at zero. Like actually, it's so hard to like make something out of nothing. Mm. Actually, some people would say it's impossible, right? You can't make yeah, something out of right. nothing. You need something. If even if you have like a house and the house is like you have ten kids in the house and stuff like that, and you're born in that family, it's like, hey man, it, it's gonna be. A, it's, it's obviously it's gonna be an extremely hard life, but you have something. There's a starting place, right? It's not at zero. But when you have mm. absolutely nothing, man, it's like whoa. So like in Japan, socially, there's people who have nothing, like. Where do you even start? I mean, so with this idea for the okay, number one, I want to say thank you to my father. He listened to the last podcast and he's he sent us some really good information on like similar groups from back in Kenya. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Your father did some. That was those are some amazing uh, papers that he sent. Actually, yeah, they, they, so, they're really detailed too. I don't know how much you read of them. I read both of them. Very detailed. Very very detailed. I haven't read the second one. I've only read the first one. Yeah, so I think like we're gonna use that as a framework to do what we want to do here in Japan because. So I was to, when I was in Osaka, I talked to my Korean friend, my buddy, about this idea, and so he's doing business, right? He's selling Korean cosmetics in online, online, and he tells me per month from just selling the cosmetics, he's making around sixty thousand. Uh-huh. That's a lot of money. That's so he's making six hundred dollars a month from selling cosmetics online. Which he, is he doesn't good. keep stock. He just buys online and sells online right which is really good yeah so like talking to him he was explaining the business to me and he showed me how simple it is to do that business that any, anyone can do that it's only it's not it's not so much money it's, it's six six thousand yen but that that's money you can pay your rent with you know ah yes all right actually imagine just having a, a tiny little side gig where it's like that's paying rent Mm. that frees you up financially for so many other things that you exactly. could put yeah yeah so now that's, that's imagine really if i if i didn't know this korean guy and i didn't know that he was doing such a business this idea of doing online business would never come to my head at least at least the, the idea of selling cosmetics online will never come to my head but now talking to him about it i'm thinking hey when i go back to osaka i might sit down with him and try to do this with him or ask him to teach me how to do it on my own right so your social network, the people in your social network, that's a resource too. Exactly. How many people can help you? Yeah, and now going back to the organization, like if such people are part of this organization you want to start, how much can this organization do if each individual is bringing 60,000 of their own side hustles and they are, everyone is investing like 10,000 into the organization per month and the organization is also investing in various, in various businesses. Is it an organization or like a foundation stuff. is what I was thinking about? Oh, I'm I'm just using the organization. I don't really I don't really know. I'm just using that word for now. Yeah, and anyways, my yeah, my question's a little bit like neither here or there. Continue. Mm. Sorry. Mm. So if we can all do that, we have like as many people as possible who are willing to try their hand at business. And whatever money you make, you put in something small into the into the group. And the group helps you out when you're stuck. Because of course, like corona happens again, another pandemic comes and you've lost your job. This organi- organization is there to support you where we where it can, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You and I were lucky because when the pandemic first first struck, we did not lose our jobs. And even though our pay was cut, it was only cut by what 30%. It was nothing. We, we really really feel it, right? 30% for staying at home. <laughs> exactly. We got 70% of our income for just staying at home. Just staying at home. Right. Which is 
I, I know there are people in my company in there were some coworkers who are complaining like oh they should give us all the money why should they give us all the money we are doing nothing we are doing absolutely nothing even 70% that's amazing thank you i actually contacted my boss like the head of human resources just to tell him thank you for that <laughs> like that was wonderful yeah yeah i was seeing even like my supervisor was telling me about people complaining the company <laughs> So the company is trying to make it as comfortable as possible for people and i'm just like hey us being paid and not having to go to work is a dream it's a fucking for, dream for a whole a whole month we stayed at home and they paid us actually a month and a half right yeah we yeah. just home and they paid us and they paid us and, and being as grateful as we were at the time it was also remember how nervous it was because it was just like we knew and we talked about it too the company just can't keep doing this you know it can't it, it's not possible it's not possible even with the 100k that the government gave everyone or 300k depending i don't know depending on how many family members you had right but like 100k yeah. for single foreigners i got 100k right yeah. that's not enough so there was like if if that um lockdown prolonged longer than two months i was like okay pepe might actually start like cutting people off you know of course of course course and they're, they're a business they're a business they can't yeah. survive they can't just pay you and nothing is happening no yeah. income is no income is coming in sorry no no business is coming in but they're, all they're throwing all their money out to pay people who are doing nothing and at that point it's more of like hey look if it's a giant tree the the mm-hmm. company is a giant tree we need to mm-hmm. cut off the branches you know the yes, infected yes. branches so that the root isn't affected because if you have the root mm-hmm. of the tree then you can always grow a grain right Mm-hmm. you can always re- like yeah graft it regrow again whatever right so mm-hmm. get rid of all the branches that are like affecting the tree yeah exactly yeah so that's this organization we won't we won't do that right we want to do that because next time who knows next time we might whatever comes next might be worse than corona right and now we'll definitely be out of a job and we don't have those side hustles we don't have an organi- a foundation organization to help us out that means you and I, Jason, we're going back home. We're going back home, bro. Royce ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I will clean. <laughs> I will clean bathrooms in Japan before I go back home. Ah, yeah, no, no, no. Me, like, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not going back that easily, man. I'm not going back that easily. I'm not going back that easily. I'll fight before I have, I have to go back that easily. I think the government will have to deport me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the point i'm reaching it's almost mm-hmm. every day i think about it more and more it's just like i don't think i can go back home like that that feeling or that idea comes strong becomes stronger every single day and mm. i love kenya like i actually do generally love my friends my family i miss certain aspects of our culture i miss how crazy kenyans could be how warming how fun and kind mm but japan man i'm living like a king here so it's just like hey i i can't i, I like I, I, i'm not willing to go back i'm not willing to go back i told you this like i took every metric of my life every measurable metric and in japan everything is just objectively better everything literally everything uh, okay so the only okay so i only miss one thing about kenya to be fair for me i only miss one thing just my family my friends That's yes, yes yes if you minus our social networks and the people we grew mm. up with and also even the socializing aspect. Kenya is better than that, obviously. You can create friends. Mm. You can meet people and create, like, deeper relationships in Kenya. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. And there's no language barrier. There's that too. But if you mm-hmm. just put all of that aside, everything else... is a much better here. Much yeah. Better. yeah. So it's just like, how do I go back, you know? There's nothing for me to go back to. Same with me. There's nothing for me to go back to. There's nothing. I'm, I'm like, Jason, right now my roots are so deep in Japan. It's like, why? Why would I even consider going back? I have a kid here. I have a kid and a wife here. Why would I consider going back? Yeah, for you, it's actually worse. I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, for you, you have a family here. You, yeah. you literally, it's not a possibility for you. Yeah. I'm also, yeah, you're a citizen. You, you're, you have I'm citizenship. Not, no, I don't have a citizenship. No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. What else do you need? You're married uh, to a native Japanese no, person. No, no, so like, um, I'll get my permanent visa very soon, but I'm not citizenship, no, no, no citizenship. Minimum of five years, there was that too. Um, no citizenship? Yeah, I remember reading it like a few five months ago. Five years? Something but like no, that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with Japan, right? To be a citizen of Japan, you have to change your name. You can't just be Jason Musao. Ah, sorry, you sorry, to... sorry. You have residence, is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. permanent residency. Mm-hmm. So when it's like three years after of being married to a foreign to a Japanese, you are three years. Married. That's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. My um my supervisor got residency like last year. And he oh, was telling okay. me about it too. Uh-huh. Um, damn, three years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, being a citizen, I heard that you have to get like a letter from the some minister. <laughs> and I was just like, I stopped reading after that. You know, it change your name. <sighs> ah, no, 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 no. I'm just like, I'm just happy being allowed to live here. That that's mm-hmm. all I really want. I don't want the stress mm-hmm. of like being told, "What are you doing here?" Huh? Huh? Show me your passport. Mm-hmm. It's just like, bitch, I have residency. Stop disturbing me. That's it. That's all I'm looking for. Oh, okay. So, what? So, okay. I want to go back to the iHub thing, right? Mm-hmm. I have changed who I was and the outlook I had of the people mm-hmm. around me and opportunities. From that point onwards, I started mm-hmm. seeing you and say, you, because I, I, I was. I was very much a person who was casting stones, mm-hmm. yet I had I was sitting on a bundle of like my own a mountain of my own problems mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. and I was being so hypo- hypocritical because I was just like you know oh USIU has these problems USIU has this problem and this problem you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like hey man, if you're so if you're so like annoyed or adamant about finding all of these problems why don't you solve some of these problems right? Mm-hmm. and I, was, I don't know why I was so cynical at the time about everything you know mm-hmm. I, I guess it's just a youth thing you know you want to break the system up you want to shake things up and stuff like that mm. but like I didn't I, I never like actually you know took a step forward to actually do something about it uh, maybe towards the end towards the end I started trying it was more of like hey or at least I realized hey this is a very complicated issue mm-hmm. like there were so many problems in USA I don't know if you remember even just in the IT department alone it was like there's so much red tape whenever you want to do something yeah. uh, yes, yes 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 um 
one of my lecturers wanted to create uh, a talk in which alumni come back and try to like not educate but just you know tell some of the younger students right people in first years and second years um what what it's like to be out there you know and this is this was slightly after i graduated and i thought like oh that's an amazing thing i want to be a part of it and even getting something like that was a problem imagine um yeah getting something like that off the ground was a problem and I had to, I don't remember the details, but I remember there was a little bit of a headache, even for like, even with the lecturer. So, mm-hmm. and it didn't even happen in the end. And like that, I felt like that, that was like a small schism of what society is really like when you like open it up. Cause it's like, there's always going to be these issues mm-hmm. that are so complicated that you can talk about me and you can talk about like the problems of society for like days and stuff like that. Right. Mm. But a lot of these problems are so complicated and they have so many moving parts mm. that it's almost impossible for us to come up with like solutions by ourselves. And we're not even good enough at it to really like identify the problem and solve it on our own. So it's like, Hey, can you fix something, a simple problem first and then work your way up. And in that way you can sort of like, uh gain competence if that makes sense you can learn competence and you can get better at it yeah so like here's the thing there's no way we can solve any problems in the world man when we can't even deal with the problems in our personal lives that's basically it that's basically it yeah. it's like yeah yeah especially in youth it's so easy to even not even youth even even to this point in our lives right it's so easy to look out at the world and say that i see the problems and fuck those people who are causing the problems, right? But it's harder to look internally at ourselves and see that I have this problem and I need to find a way to deal with this problem now before I start speaking about other problems outside. You know, what's the, th- what's the thing from the Bible? Like, don't speak of the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your eye, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's it basically. But it's so easy to see the, the speck in someone's eye because you're looking out. And you, you don't have a mirror out. to look at yourself all the time, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I remember, like, I think in USA, you, you and I, you you introduced me to the the documentary that changed our lives, Zeitgeist. Ah, oh, the <laughs> Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist was just the film. The film. Was, Do you want to try explaining what Zeitgeist was? Oscar before Zeitgeist and Oscar after Zeitgeist. <laughs> you want to try explaining Zeitgeist to people who don't know about it? Because now it's yeah, been I, almost forgotten, I think. Zeitgeist is a documentary about three things. Number one, the conspiracy, the conspiracy of the 9/11 attack on American soil, uh, the financial system, the central banking financial system, and religion, especially Christianity. Which so is, just, I think, because religion. I mean, Christianity has a very, it's one of the core, the core, the cornerstones of like Western civilization. That's why. Yes, yes, yes. And that documentary, it totally changed my mind. I remember, like, literally, there was Oscar an hour before watching Zeitgeist and Oscar immediately after Zeitgeist and the two different people. So, yeah. what, 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 what did it change exactly in your mind? What did you? I couldn't f- trust. Yeah. I couldn't trust anything. I felt like I couldn't trust anything the news tells me. I couldn't trust anything about any wars. I couldn't trust anything here from American media. 
I couldn't just enjoy enjoy life anymore. I couldn't just enjoy life because I started to overanalyze everything. Like, what if they're lying? Why am I going to? Why are my parents going to church? Don't they know? Don't they know it's all bullshit? You know, so I said I said overanalyzing everything. I couldn't just let things go. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What changed for you? It was the exact same thing. Yeah. Zeitgeist. At first, I believed a lot of things it, the documentary was saying, mm-hmm. but then watching—not even watching—looking up who created the the documentary and looking mm-hmm. up like its reception, I questioned not only the ideas they told me to question, but I started questioning the movie itself, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it, is this film also trying to push its own agenda? And like you said, it basically. It basically gave me that framework of critical thinking, because up until that point, and it came at that right age of us for us, you know, eighteen. It was like eighteen, seventeen, when we were starting to like gain our adult consciousness. You know, you're coming, you're becoming awake. At least mm-hmm. that's 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 the kind of like visualization I want to say. You're becoming awake. You know, we're coming into our own selves as men, and we're gonna start like start like what walking the path of our own journeys i mean hopefully becoming people that people that we respect or people that we want to become you know so that being said it's like that film that film was like a very very important mark in my in my, in my life for sure actually yeah definitely in my entire life i can't even say otherwise yeah same for me it, it totally changed everything it totally changed everything for me and but, I remember when you when you first went to give me the documentary, like nah. I remember the, my first response when I asked you for to give me like a movie to watch, and you told me you have this documentary. In my head, I was like, I don't want to watch another documentary, man. I just I just want to watch a movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And like even when I was watching it, I wasn't watching it out of curiosity or interest, just because I had nothing else to do. Like ah, let me just take it out. Let me just take it out. Let me see what what it has to say. There was a lot of questionable things. By the way, Zeitgeist had three films, right? So I, I remember, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the first one. The first one was the one that was most debated. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one also had problems. The third one was the most, like, accepted one. Because they brought a lot of, like, experts. And they started using... Um, it's also, like, the longest one, too, right? It was, like, two hours and mm-hmm. 30 minutes. It was ridiculous. But... They, they, there was a lot more explanation mm-hmm. around what uh, what they were what 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 arguments they were putting forward and the solutions. There was a lot more yes, details was, in that. So in the part third three, film. part yeah. three was more about solutions than complaints. Yes, know, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and, and they, they talked so much about this thing called the Venus Project. Do you remember that that thing? The is Venus it Project. is it dead? <laughs> I don't even actually let me look it up. The Venus Project, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's still there, I think. It's still there. The website is up. Jacques Fras- Fransco. Is he still alive? Yeah, I wanted to meet he... him. Jacques Fresco. Uh, Jacques Fresco. He he died in 2017. Yeah, no, he was like 90 something. No, 101. 101. He was 101? Yep. Yep. Really? Yep, born in 1916, died in 2017. 
Well, he was born in 1916? That is so insane, dude. Like, in the film, when you're watching, the way he talks, he was kind of youthful, you know, youthful enough to to make you think, like, this guy is old, but he's, like, 80s, 90s, right? He still has, like, 10, 20 years or something. He could survive. So this is the website for the Venus Project. The Venus Project, Beyond Politics, Poverty, and War. The Venus Project is a non-profit organization that presents a new socioeconomic model utilizing science and technology towards social betterment to achieve a sustainable civilization of abundance for all without exception. It's pretty much saying nothing. Pretty much saying nothing. So, throughout the 2010, Fresco traveled with Meadows. Meadows is um, the woman. It was yeah. She was like a caretaker to him. But mm-hmm. also, it seemed like they were also in love. The partners for sure i don't know well something mm. weird anyway point is um it was made famous because of zeitgeist mm. mm-hmm. and then it sort of died out it died out the project is, d- is done like i don't see much talk about it so yeah i mean the, the venus quiet. it's like i mean in episode one we talked about the thing akon is doing akon city or something no one really knows what that is, but it's happening, I guess, right? Oh, there's a YouTube channel. And there's an agenda. 2020. Yeah, so it, it's still going on. It's just, like, under the radar. I mean, because now we're talking about Trump not getting out of the White House. So, the, of course, no one cares about the Venus Project right now. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, but Jock Fresco had a very interesting idea. The idea of a resource-based economy. Which yes, yes. I had only seen in sci-fi shows, movies. So, like, sci-fi fiction. So him talking about it was just like, hey, I've seen this before, but it's not something mm-hmm. I've ever seen that has been brought to life. And then he talks about how we could possibly do it and stuff like that. And I was just like, this man is amazing. Just just for this idea alone, 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 like coming up with this such an idea like this, it would be such a huge step away from mm. the money-based economy that we have right now. And capitalism in general, it'll be like totally different. It'd be like if you were raised as what? You were raised as a Buddhist in China or something, and then you were just dropped mm-hmm. in USA and you were forced to become a Christian or something like that. Just to give you an exa- like, example of how extreme the cultural differences and like how, ex- just how extreme the differences are in general, you know, in an analogy. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. It's just like totally different economies and totally different systems that you would need even the population man i don't know if people will be able to move away from capitalism i don't know if people want to let it go you know because it's it's all we ever have known right i think it's too hard to just leave it right now it's not easy it's not easy it's capitalist capitalism is a beast man like i i don't know how you slay this beast and tell us to walk away from it Man, anyway, don't talk about that because it's too big for me. I don't want to talk about that right now. Yeah, it is. That's a whole other subject on its own. You know, that's a whole yeah. other talk. But Jock Fresco is amazing. Um, so basically, even though, like, again, the Venus Project might have its problems, I respected it, I respected it for what it was. A guy trying to mm-hmm. present a solution to a very, very complicated problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, just him trying to put a solution out there that is already mm. extremely courageous and yeah. the guy and the guy had worked decades on this he even said it in the documentary or he, he said it somewhere you know it's like he's worked a lot a large portion of his later life on this you know 
And it's just like, hey man, can I do something like that? I don't know. I don't know. So, even even if, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of respect for him. Mm-mm-mm. I agree. Same, same with me, same with me. So, Zeitgeist. And then from Zeitgeist, it was just like... Mm-hmm. The experiences. Can you okay? Just just to wrap up because we're actually at the one hour mark. Can you give me the top three experiences that formed you as a person in no particular order? What do you mean, like when now or back then? Now, now, that made mm-hmm. Oscar of today who he was. You know, in the last like recent, like the last ten years. Let's say the last ten years. I don't want mm-hmm. you to go too far behind. Ten years is even too long. Maybe let's say. Yeah, no, 10 years, 10 years. From the age of, like, what, 16, 17, around there? No, 16 to now. Of course, if I'm going in order, I'll say number one is joining USIU. Uh, secondly would be... Man, meeting Yumiko. Number three, having a daughter. Oh, wow. But, the, but then also, but that's... But did that remake who high, Oscar was? This is a highlight. No, 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 those are highlights. So, things that made Oscar, Oscar is my discovery of drunk Oscar. Right? Which you've already explained that story. Yeah. For people who want to know, you should watch episode, I think it was two, where you talked two. about it. No, yeah. three, three. It's three, 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 three. Last episode you talked about? I thought it was episode two. Anyway, point mm-hmm. is, continue, yeah? Yeah, so that and... <sighs> what else? What else? Oh, yeah, right. It was episode three, by the way. I just looked. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else? Going through financial problems when I first moved to Japan to live here. Uh, man, okay. So, like, the thing that I've made Oscar, Oscar today, I, I just, they are the challenges, man. The moments when I felt the most lost. You know, like, all, like having a daughter, it, it, it was the one, it was the most beautiful experience of my life, but. Only the pain, I, I like. I remember the pain of my past so clearly, you know. Uh-huh. And that pain, like, it's it motivates me. Not motivates me, but it it definitely influences my decision making to this day, because I'm trying to avoid pain, right? I'm trying to avoid the pain, and of course, sometimes by me trying to avoid momentary pain, I end up causing long term pain paid in the future so by you trying to avoid pain you inevitably you, you don't cause pain to yourself immediately it's almost as if you take an iou and that pain exactly. is dealt to you more exactly. in the future is what you're saying exactly exactly yeah but man pain, pain is good man pain is good pain is good like you remember like when well, there's good pain. With, with, I think with, there's with good pain and there's with. bad pain. Yeah, of course. But I'm talking about like the pain of growth, the pain of growth. Ah, okay. The p- pain of improvement, you know? The best like one. When we're doing jujitsu with Andrew, and Andrew, when we're in pain, Andrew will say, like, hey, pain is weakness leaving the body. You remember that? You remember that? Yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it's true, man. Like, there's, there's so much, like, it, it's easy for me to wake up in the morning. Put on Netflix and just chill until I have to go to work, right? It's it's easy. You know, I'm doing I can just chill on the sofa, right? But for me to wake up early to decide I'm gonna do a workout in the morning, I'm gonna meditate, I'm gonna clean up the house, I'm gonna do some writing, and then I'm gonna get ready for work. I mean, that's doing all those things, it's exhausting and maybe sometimes it can feel boring, you know? But it's just 
dealing with the small bullshit you have to go through through the day just going through the motions so that one day those things that seem so tedious right now will will help you find purpose in the future or help you create purpose i i'd like to think it helps you it helps create the person who will find purpose oh yeah if you want to say that too, yeah that works as well yeah but hey so the pain in my like all the pain, all the bad things happened to me in the past was oscar just refusing to deal with pain when it came it was oscar trying to run away from pain you know, even with my drinking you know it's like instead of me trying to figure out how to actually socialize with people i chose to drink and let the alcohol do the thinking you know right 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 yeah yeah that, that sounds like another that's, that's already sounds that's, like another talk right there yeah that's that's the episode that's the name of this episode let the alcohol do the thinking <laughs> let the alcohol do the thinking yeah yeah now that will be a future episode i feel like we can talk <laughs> about drugs specifically i'd love to talk yeah. about like our history of drug use that that would be yeah. so funny yeah, we can talk about that later. But I'd like to think we're also good people, so it wouldn't be that long of a talk. It'll yeah, take I mean, up like, like a portion of the episode, but not the I whole mean, episode. Like, we're talking about drugs, you know, we're just talking about weed, basically, right? We're not talking about anything else. Well, alcohol <laughs> too. <laughs> alcohol too. I, uh, yeah, so weed and alcohol, right? And <laughs> alcohol food alcohol food is food. not a drug, Oscar? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm saying like weed and, and alcohol and, and cigarettes for me and cigarettes. And there's also some other stuff too, I know. Oh yeah, mushrooms and LSD. Yeah. Hey, so now it's all coming back. <laughs> Look at you, <laughs> such a you bastard. Okay. Um, so for me, mm-hmm. I already talked about one of them. I was going to IHUB. Mm-hmm. Second would definitely be coming to Japan, mm-hmm. making the choice to come and work in Japan, mm-hmm. and that's like part one. And part two was going through our company's training. Because in our company's training, the first week, I was doing pretty badly. I told you, mm-hmm. I was like, people, like people, people do badly in training, in our training, mm-hmm. company training. It's called a boot camp because it's supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be just like toughen you up a bit and straighten you out so that, you know, when you do enter the actual, like, when you start the actual job, everything mm-hmm. seems a lot easier and a lot more chilled back. Yeah. yeah. So you fi- you fit better in the environment Mm -hmm. but i wasn't doing well at all you know and Mm -hmm. part of it might have been like a whole psychological element me being like oh i've given up so much to be here Mm -hmm. and things might not work out Mm -hmm. so now that is like in the back of every single thing that i do and when you have Mm -hmm. that kind of weight behind every little suddenly even something as simple as like should i say hello or good morning to my to the person who was training us right yeah, like, I need yeah. to say hello and, a, and good morning in a very specific way so that they like me and stuff like that. Like, everything had, like, everything needed to have purpose. Everything needed to, like, everything was being affected by that big weight, basically, mm, of me mm, being mm, here mm. and potentially, like, I, me not having a, a road back home. Mm, so, mm, under yeah. such, like, is it emotional distress? That's not emotional distress, right? That's, like, I don't know what you call it. Mm. and my point is I, I was very stressed out at that point and yeah i went through that not only did i went through that i've 
reached a point where I'm actually doing really well in the job, which I never would have imagined doing at that time because at that time I was in survival mode. So yeah, that get you, get you. yeah, that changed completely who I was. That was also mm. I've talked we we we'll talk about humbling moments in Japan. For me that was a huge mm. humbling moment. That was like the beginning of humbling experiences. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be calm. Me being here alone, like still just being able to stay in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Is a blessing. So let me just relax. Everything else, man, as long as you are determined, you can survive. You can find yeah. solutions. You can fix your problems, man. It's not that bad. It really isn't that bad. You don't have to like wake up in the morning and go and shot a magic from a well, you know? So it's like <laughs> <laughs> your life your life is good. Your life is good. Um yeah. And then okay, the last experience, what would be the mm. last experience? I have that actually we already talked about all of it. The Zeitgeist too. Zeitgeist. Mm, mm, mm. That completely changed the way how I approach things. how i how i take in information whether it was from news youtube and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it it made me question my value system the value system i received from like my parents and the one that i got from home mm-hmm. and i think questioning your values and ideas the ones that you mm-hmm. inherited from your parents and the environment around you is a very important step of becoming who you are mm-hmm. whether you choose to hold on to those values and ideas or to let go of the let go of that value system it's completely up to you right whatever mm-hmm. your journey is is it's your journey right but just questioning it and and mm-hmm. thinking about it i feel like is such an important part it's like that's one of the obstacles in the hero journey in the hero's journey right yeah yeah the hero trying mm-hmm. to figure out who he is what mm-hmm. is he so yeah we're on our way to becoming heroes any closing comments oscar was in comments is we have to go back to looking at the organization how we can make it better how we can start making it work and make our own charter open our bank accounts and apart from that I want to say thank you for the listeners to the listeners once again the podcast is growing and maybe as we get better we'll introduce more things like we think we talked about like adding video to the to the YouTube channel right oh but that's still like a far away idea It's not yeah, something that's going to happen. It's coming. It's going to come. It's going to come. The point it's going to yes. come. It's going to come. It will. Yeah, so we'll get better for our audience members. Hey, and thank you. Thank you Jason again. Once again, it's been 1 hour. I think I've been over 1 hour. Yeah, we yeah. We've have work in a few in a few hours, right? Yep. Yep. So thank you so much. Thank you, man. Wonderful message. Thank you all. Thank you all family, friends and listeners out there. And with that, let's end the show. Bye-bye. Never guys.